everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. Do you ever wonder if you're a big weirdo and no one's telling you? My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew and I'm excited today because it's our 100th episode. Woo! Yeah! Yeah! Sexy! Yeah! Yeah! That's 100 episodes. Holy (laughs) crap. That's a lot, dude. Congratulations. Yeah. I don't know how we made it alive. I think it's because you're far away from me. Is that what it is? We're not strangling each other? We have no... (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And uh, right off the bat, I want to thank you. I want to thank you guys, all of our listeners, for making this show possible and sending us your emails and chatting with us on Twitter, chatting with us on Facebook. Hell yeah. Ideas. And you know where to email us still, listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. You can find us at facebook.com slash listenmoneymatters. And you can tweet us at twitter.com slash moneymattersman. Thank you. And here's what we're going to do today. It's a special episode. It's 100 episodes. So we picked, uh, along with some of our listeners, picked the six best episodes we've ever done mm-hmm. so far. Not we've had, Yeah, I guess we've ever done the six best episodes so far. And I'm going to play clips from each episode, right? And we're going to have some talk in between and at the end. So uh, we're going to start right off. We're not even going to chat too much. We're going to go right into it. So I want to tell you that this episode, the six that we've included uh, are as, and and this is not in any sort of order. So we'll just, I'll just tell you what they all are. Uh, Money for the love of freedom, which was episode number 34 we have The Average Investor's Commandments, which was episode 30. We have our very first episode called Introducing the Listen Money Matters podcast, and we just decided that that would be a good idea to add the first one in there. It was so Laura's idea. we are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, episode number 14, our New Year's resolutions for 2014. Uh, an interview with Adam Carroll of Broke, Busted, and Disgusted. That was episode 32. And a very recent episode that we got a lot of good feedback on which was Travel Hacking Tips with Travis Sherry. Mm. So that's the six episodes we are going to go through. So I think we should start with our very first episode. What do you think? I think that's a good idea. This is the fir- very first <laughs> one we recorded. Uh, it was you know, just kind of introducing what the podcast was all about. And our second episode got a lot of downloads as well. So this one is great. And let's just play a clip from it. Here's what it is. I want people to know what they're what they're in for, okay? And I also want to talk a little bit about you, uh, since you're the guy that created listenmoneymatters.com, okay? And I want you to tell the people why. Why did you start listenmoneymatters.com and what made you, you know, want to help people learn about, you know, con- taking control of their their money? Yeah, so um, I, I was always a guy predisposed to rants, and I just talk and talk about shit. And uh, I guess um, I, I had an apartment yeah. that I was renting, and uh, the hurricane Superstorm Standy came along. Oh. Lost my apartment, lost all my stuff. Me and my fiance at the time, we moved in with my parents, which was very fun. And uh, I had I had a lot of a lot of free time. And uh, one thing that I've always been passionate about is is money and investing and saving. Um, not buying like frivolous, stupid shit like leopard seat covers for your car. 
you know, mm. and uh, I, I have done pretty well for myself and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm only 28 now and I, uh, I, I just kind of wanted to help other people my age kind of sift through the madness because it's really not that difficult. You know, I think people uh, maybe make it to be worse than it is. Like me, because I do. Yeah. I, I make do. it much worse. <laughs> I make it much worse than I think it has to be. But like what made you so good with money? Like what made you – like who get, who instilled this knowledge on you uh, that money was easy and helped you learn how to take control of it? Because I, I, I'll tell you my, uh, my influence is – about money came from my parents and not from school. And, you know, I'm, I'm terrible. I've been terrible with money for, <laughs> you know, 30 years now. So, I mean, what, like, what got you started? Like what, you know? Yeah. So, um, I, I think I always kind of had a little bit in me. I, you know, saved the dollars and I had, you know, the lemonade stand when I was a kid that mm-hmm. no one came to and, you know, selling, Things in in middle school to other kids. What were you um, selling? Uh, honestly, yeah. um, I was I was selling porn. Porn? <laughs> yeah, no yeah. way. How old? How old? Uh, I was in I was in uh, what grade was I in? I think I was in like uh, sixth grade no. or something like that. Elementary and, school. Yeah. So we had a, a color laser jet printer, which at the time was <laughs> like no one had that. I mean, that was pretty insane. And also, barely anyone had the internet. So I would get porn from AOL. I mean, I would go into chat rooms and trade. I would print it out on my color printer. Dot matrix I, was that a dot it, matrix printer? No, no, it was it was legit. It was you okay. know, you know, terrible DPI. But but anyways, <laughs> I, I would print them out and I would sell it to guys for a quarter a page. What? Yeah, I made I made like fifty bucks, which oh. was insane back then for me. That is. Awesome. That's ter- it's kind terrible. Of an embarrassing story. No, yeah. it is totally embarrassing. But I'm not gonna lie. I have a very similar story about selling porn. <laughs> I wasn't the one doing it because I'm terrible with money. But I had this friend, and his parents owned a uh, a motel in my town, and he was so good with money. He was such an entrepreneur. I'm sure he's doing something very entrepreneurial right now. He's probably in the porn business still. I have no idea. But he used to like he would build websites like like free porn websites that he would like grab images off of whatever it was at the time, probably Alta Vista or whatever, and just like pop them all on one page. And he would like, and in order to make money, he would like have his friends like, here's a website link. If you pay me X amount of dollars. And then (laughs) he would also sell like CDs from like Columbia house. You know how like you used to buy like, you get like like 10 CDs for like a cent or something. I don't know. It was something, but he would like, he would say, what CD do you want? And then he would, you know, basically, all right, it's $10 a CD. And that's how he would sell it. So like, so, so you were, so you were entrepreneurial in sixth grade selling things, making money. And and you were, were like, were you one of those dudes like saving every penny? Like got to save up, you know, put it, put, put in the piggy bank sort of thing. Uh, all right. Our first episode. Uh, I had a baby mic. I did not yet sound like the golden eagle that I do. No, you don't. I also Uh, didn't have a scissor boom. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Uh, The next one we're going to go into, uh, which was actually Daniel Murrow liked this one a lot. He said it was his first uh, 
it was the first episode that he was like, yeah, I like these guys a lot. And it was our New Year's resolution episode, episode number 14. Uh, and these were our New Year's resolutions from the past and our New Year's resolutions for all of 2014. So uh, you ready? Yes, sir. Let's take a listen. I, I want to play you a little song that I wrote. Yeah, please. I, I brought out I brought out the old acoustic guitar, and I figured it would be a nice uh, a nice way to introduce the new year. Yeah, let's hear it, man. Okay, I'm gonna just play this by ear because I don't, you know, I don't, I haven't really practiced it, but I figured why not? All right, here we go. Done, man. <laughs> Thank you. I just, I just, I just literally learned how to play that uh, about five seconds ago. I heard the first one. It was yeah. not nearly as good. <laughs> See, I, it's just all by ear now. That's how. That's 2014. One of my resolutions is to um, learn how to play old Lang Zong uh, like full chord. That's that's one of them. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So uh, because it's the new year, we're actually going to talk about a few of our past New Year's resolutions. And and what we've accomplished so far in 2014 or or 2013, what we've already accomplished, and some stuff that we have coming up for the new year. I have quite a few. Um, I'm not sure how many you have, but we're going to start with you. So I want to sure. go and first talk about what we've accomplished personally uh, in 2013. Like, what were your New Year's resolutions uh, in January of 2013? Yeah, and so uh, let me pull out my little paper. Every year, it's like a tradition for me. I write it down on a little piece of paper, put it in my wallet, keep that's it with so, me. That's so analog. Yeah, dude, analog. That's that's my resolution. But this one's an Evernote, but I might still write it down. Okay. So um, top to bottom, just I'll, I'll Oh, yeah, yeah, listen out. Fuck it. All right. Uh, become physically fit. Mm. Uh, quit smoking, parentheses, mm-hmm. for good. Okay. Eat healthier. Two exclamation points. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. Make at least one new friend and hey. start <laughs> and start a project and finish it. Okay. So out of those, what, five or six? Uh five. How many did you get accomplished? So I did quit smoking. Fully? Although uh so you know, to be honest, uh if it's like we're out drinking, someone has a cigarette, I will take one no partake but yeah but i no longer buy them they're no longer part of my walk to work walk home oh, okay like i've cut like packets and packets out so were you use were you like a full-blown smoker at one point yeah like i was like at least like a packet a week so i was a, a pack a week yeah why are you calling it a packet is that a thing in new york oh oh no i don't know oh so pack. i mean i used to be a smoker i mm-hmm. used to do a pack a day Wow, dude. Yeah. Well, I would say like like a three quarters of a pack a day. So you would usually like last me over the night. Damn, man. Yeah. It's like uh, it's hardcore right there. Yeah, I quit when I was twenty five, and uh, my mom's still a smoker. But my dad used to be a smoker when he was a when he was my age, I guess, or back then. And uh, he quit cold turkey, and I, I am my father's son, so I was able to do the same. I quit cold turkey. And, but like you, well, at least in the past, like you, I would go out drinking and like, that was my, 
the only time I would crave a cigarette. I'm like, as soon as I like drank yeah. a sip of beer, I'm like, anybody got a cigarette? Like I totally needed <laughs> one. But now uh, I like I hate them. Like I I started doing this vaping. Dude, I mean crap. they they suck and they they're dumb. They are like, dumb. I think there there might have been a point where I thought I was like cool or yeah, something. Me I, I mean still think like I'm cool, though. yeah. I mean I'm. St- I still think I'm cool. I don't know if that's true, but uh, it's it's feel dumb. I'm yeah. a cigarette now. Like I feel people like looking at me, and like more frequently than it used to be. Like random people will just yell at me, oh, like yeah, "You're dude. killing yourself" or like stupid shit, you know? Yeah, and I'm just makes you feel like an idiot. Yeah, you too are glad to do that. Yeah. All right. Excellent. That's funny. Yeah, because they're just because <laughs> we're just doing this right in a row. Yeah. That was a really great clip. <laughs> as as we don't listen to it. <laughs> uh, the next one I want to do is one of my personal favorite episodes. It was a longy. It was like a hour long episode. I think it was and, our first really long one. Yeah, and it was with Adam Carroll. Of he's com- he's coming out with the movie, a documentary about student loan debt called Broke, Busted, and Disgusted. And we it had was a, a tremendously insightful episode. Yeah, uh, you know he's the guy who gave us the tweetable "going to college is a business decision." He's also the guy who gave us, uh, you know, trying to pay all your loans at once. It's like toasting a piece of bread with a flashlight. And <laughs> that episode, still to this day. Uh, is a favorite. Yeah, is a favorite of mine for sure. And uh, I think you guys. I, are- I think he solidified that we can do interviews and not suck at them. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> here's the interview a quick clip of the interview with Adam Carroll. When I saw this, I'm like, I, is, I don't know if there's any other documentaries out there about the subject. But when I saw this, the, the trailer for it, I thought. Uh, why hasn't this not been made 10 years ago, 15 years ago? Uh, What inspired you to make this documentary? Well, uh, going back a ways, so when I graduated from from the university I went to, which was a state school, I had $28,000 in student loans. I had eight grand in credit card debt. I was upside down on my car. You know, my my dog had just died at home. My girl had left me at school. Like, I sounded like every Dirk Bentley song ever written. (laughs) And... And, uh, and I realized that I was a rich college kid and I quickly became a broke professional. Uh, so when I got out, I didn't realize that I was living on borrowed money and I really had no concept of the fact that I had borrowed that much money. And furthermore, I had no idea of how much the payments would be on that. So I wrote the book, Winning the Money Game with a friend of mine. We went out and started speaking on college campuses and the stories I was hearing from students were... Uh, you know, at the time they were, I'm 20 grand, I'm 30 grand in debt. And then as the years went on, and I've been doing this for about 10 years, um, the numbers got bigger and bigger and bigger. And now it's not uncommon for me to hear of students that are graduating with 70,000, 80,000, $120,000 in debt. And so at some point I said, I'm going to write a book about it. I got connected with a couple of filmmakers and they said, dude, let's do a movie. And so we became, documentarians, they've done many documentaries already. So I'm kind of new to the game, but I've basically written the story and the storyline and set up a lot of the interviews. And these guys are just brilliant filmmakers and they know how to shoot stuff intelligently and creatively. And so it's just been a lot of fun to, to work on. So, I mean, what is the story that you've, what you've created? The story in a nutshell is we 
in America right now are churning out broke 20-somethings. So the next generation that will carry our economy forward, uh, they're broke. They're, they're saddled with anywhere from $300 to $1,000 a month in student loan payments. And the system is busted, and we don't, I don't think we realize it because not enough people are raising awareness like we're trying to do with the movie. Um, and ultimately, we're just disgusted by it. So we're, we're doing something about it. You know, in this country, I think you gotta, you got to put your stake in the ground and say, this is BS. This should not happen. Right. There's no reason that grad school students can, can borrow whatever amount they want to go through school with no repercussions, you know, talked about at the beginning. So ultimately, this boils down to education, and that's really what we're trying to do. So, I mean, Andrew, you, you didn't go to – did you well, – you went to college, right? right. Uh, did you come out with student loan debt? Uh, I didn't, but um, my school was very cheap. It was like 12000 I think, a year mm-hmm. uh, I worked, and my dip parents did help me a little bit. Yeah. See, I didn't go to college. So I, I, although uh, now, that, now that I don't have all the student loan debt, um, I have the freedom to do a lot of things that a lot of my friends can't do because they, they're, in, they're buried in student loan debt. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, what makes – why is why is college so expensive? Because I watched uh, Inequality for All, the the Robert yes. Reich movie, yes. and uh, I was blown away when he said that Berkeley used to be free. Yes, and then he said, Me, you know, yeah. and it kind of like gradually went up. Like you could go to Berkeley, you know, twenty five years ago, and it was you know cheap. Yes, which is crazy to think about now. It is. And crazy. It's a top college. It is. It is. It's crazy. <clears throat> the, the reason that tuition has gone up, there's a lot of different reasons. Um, some I have more opinions on and, and some university folks will say, ah, eh, that's sort of the truth, sort of truth. One of the main reasons is federal funding has gone down. As they cut federal budgets, you know, that trickles down to the state level where state universities don't get as much. Um, so to, to maintain uh, their viability in the sense that they have people to hire and they've got to pay their professors and all of that, they have to increase tuition in order to cover the cost. That kind of stuff all went down around somewhere between 2004 and today. And, and, and keep in mind that tuition has ri- risen well past inflation since the late 90s. So this is not a new phenomenon. But in, in between that 2005 and 2007 timeframe, they also changed the bankruptcy legislation. And when they changed that legislation, they said student loans can never be bankrupted. So right. what happens is all the lenders said, well, shit, we'll just open up our coffers and let people borrow whatever because we know they can never bankrupt the debt. So think about it. If a, if a lender says, well, now that there's no bankruptcy in place, no bankruptcy protection, we'll just loan however much people can borrow And the universities on the other side say, well, then there's no real reason for me to restrict tuition if I know that there's lenders out there who are going to loan to our students. So it's this, you know, we'll just Mm. keep, you know, funneling the system. And, 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 And ultimately, here's what's happened. 2004, the United States had $200 billion in student loan debt 10 years ago. Today, it's $1.2 trillion dollars. So in 10 years, it went up a trillion dollars. And keep in mind, a trillion seconds ago, Western civilization wasn't even around. 
yeah. you know, cavemen were clubbing their women and dragging them back to their caves. <laughs> the in, good old days. In Hoboken, you know, that's what was happening. <laughs> right. So, so, you know, today we have this $1.2 trillion uh, debt and the scary, that's not the scariest part. The scariest part is that of the $600 billion that's amortizing right now, meaning people are paying it back, um, one in three loans is delinquent past 30 days and one in five of those loans is beyond 90 days late. So it's like $140 billion in delinquencies right now in the student loan market. And a trillion dollars, that $1.2 trillion is federal money. It's all backed by the American taxpayer. What happens if, if a person is delinquent on their student loan debt? Because I know they can't dodge it. So, they, so what they, happens? Can they die and it, and it gets wiped away? Well, here's the amazing part. You can die and allegedly it's supposed to get wiped away, although there are story after story after story. We're going to interview some of these people in the film whose parents and grandparents are getting collection calls from some of these lenders trying to recoup money. And in some cases, this is the most horrible part. They're kids who have committed suicide because their debt was so high. And now the lenders are going after their parents. So, uh, so what happens if you default on a federal loan? Um, you know, it goes into a collection process. It goes to a collection agent. And if after a period of time, and I believe it's a year or two years, um, now they can start garnishing your tax refunds. And ultimately, if push comes to shove, they will garnish your wages. They can do that. Uh, all right, so the next one that uh, I want to get into, because this one was a crowd favorite. I, Which one is this? This is the Money for the Love of Freedom. Yeah, because... It's episode 34. Uh, it's just core philosophy. Yeah, it's just the idea that, um, you know, why do we even make money? Why do, we even, why do we even care about money? Yeah. So we can have... Why subject ourselves to 40 hours a week of... Yeah. So money for the love of freedom. This is where I came up with the quote, uh, debt is like driving with your foot on the brake, actually. And uh, this is about just getting out of debt and, you know, freeing yourself so that you can uh, do what you want with your money that you have. So this is a great episode. Uh, And here, take a listen. The point we want to get across is like you're not like doing this or I'm not doing this because like I love money and like I when I go to sleep like I just rub it on my face and like you should be like um, Scrooge McDuck with like a huge money fountain or something. <laughs> yeah, like, like where he dives into the money in this vault. Like yeah, that thing, I mean that yeah. would be cool. I think it would be very painful, but extremely painful. <laughs> uh, the, the point of all of this is. Like the reason we're focusing on money is because you want freedom. You know, do you want to have someone to tell you what to do? Do you want to have a job? Do you want a bigger house or a smaller house? Live on the beach or whatever. Like, if you have money, you can make the choices and you have freedom. So I equate, you know, the focusing on the money and the personal finance with focusing on future freedom. Future freedom. See, I yeah. I can resonate with that because uh, one of the reasons I decided to not have a job anymore and to work for myself is because I wanted to do whatever I wanted to do at whenever time I wanted to do that. You know, it's also the reason I'm single is because I just don't, (laughs) it's not that, um, 
you know, there's issues with relationships or anything, but I don't want to have to, you know, run stuff by someone else before I do something. If, if uh, like this weekend, I went to a beer fest in Atlantic City and I just went. I just, hey, do you want to go to a beer fest? Yup. <laughs> hey, should we get a hotel room? Yup. Jump online. And this is the other part, the freedom for money. And this is why I kind of wanted to talk about this today because of this experience I just had, which could kind of make me sound like a douchebag. But that's not, you know, that's kind of normal for me. Uh, <laughs> is, you know, like my my friend was like, hey, do you want to go to this beer fest? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, do you, sh- should we get a hotel room? Yes, we should. I'll just buy it. Blip, 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 blip on the internet, Travelocity, whatever the hell. And boom, got a hotel room, went there, paid for parking, did the beer fest, got done the beer fest, went to a restaurant, bought some food, done. And then my friend's like, hey, the beer fest is again tomorrow. Do you want to go to that? Yup. <laughs> go to a beer, you know, go to the beer fest the next day, do the exact same thing. Um, and, you know, oh, what do you want to do now? Oh, let's go out to eat. Sure. Go out to eat, come back, go out to a bar later that night. I'm buying people shots because I just wanted to have a good time. Uh, and I'm just, and while I was there, uh, it was baller weekend for me. It was baller weekend. Yeah. It's not, not like I do this all the time and I'm not like, a. am I've, I swear to God, my entire life, I've never bought a round of shots for an entire group of people. I could vouch that you are generally as far from a baller as possible, but you like <laughs> let it loose this weekend. I did. And or, yeah, and I, I, the reason why I'm going to come off sounding like a douchebag is because I was at the bar and I, I just didn't care. Like I was just free and I said it out loud to people, which is what the, you know, so I was like, they're like, Oh my God, this guy is so high right now. <laughs> they were like, you're, they're like, Oh, you're, I'm like, Hey guys, shots. You know why? Cause I can. And you know what feels great? Kenning. I just being able to do it without even, you know, without checking my bank account prior to buying shots Without, you know, having to worry and budget about, like, what's going on with things. Because I already, like, all my, my systems are in place. And I've put trust into those systems, right? So right. I can just, like, freely spend when if I want to. And I can choose not to, which today, like, I didn't spend a dime today. And I told you I got this coffee 100% free. But that was a good thing because I looked in my pocket and said, oh, this is my 10th coffee. <laughs> Here you go. Free. Walked away. Great. And you know what? It was just I'm in the middle of the day, and I'm like, you know what? I want to go get coffee. Just walk because it was nice. It's a night, really nice day out. So I, you know, just walked down the street to the Starbucks, got my coffee, came back, sat on the porch for a little bit, thought about stuff, you know, whipped out the old acoustic guitar, played some music, and just I don't know. It, you know, it's, and I don't want to go on a a, a tear here, but you're already on a tear. Yeah, I guess tearing. I should keep going. Uh, yes. I don't care about where i live necessarily mm. um i don't care that i don't like I, I i don't care that i live with my brother who's younger than mm. me he owns this house i don't uh you own your own house you just don't live in it I, that's true uh but i i like downgrade it i downgraded my life for freedom i traded you know uh status i yeah i traded status for freedom mm-hmm. right so to me that's worth everything. That's worth more than than anything to me. Like me having a, a BMW versus a Civic doesn't mean anything as, as long as I can just choose to go where I want to go.
All right, moving on <laughs> to the next, and on to the next, and on to the who's next. next? The next one is going to be the Average Investor's Commandments, which is uh, episode number thirty. I love this one. We put a hell of a lot of time into this and the article that it was released in. Yes, we did uh, like hours. And I, I created an infographic for this, and the average that is quite investor, sexy. the our average investor commandments, which there are ten of them, and I'll go mm-hmm. through them really quickly, uh, are think long term, invest what you can afford, buy what you believe in, do your own research, set it and forget it, constantly contribute, be fearful when others are greedy, be greedy when others are fearful, find and remove frivolous fees, and diversify. Mm. Those are our investor, average investor commandments, and let's take a listen. I feel that uh, a key approach should be automation, and you know, automatically investing every month, and letting your investments, you know say in a betterment style, automatically rebalance. So you don't have to worry about it because um, you shouldn't and you don't have time to. So in a 401k where the money's just kind of automatically taken out of your check before taxes. Another perfect example, yeah. Uh, or- Every time you get paid, it goes right into the 401k a certain percent, distributed into the funds exactly like you said it, that one time mm-hmm. and never again. And uh, that's really important. That's a great way to save because it happens like when you're not looking. Yeah, it's all behind the scenes and you don't even know. And yeah. That's, yeah, I think that's the best because I mean that's the way to trick yourself into saving that 10% because uh, even with Betterment, like I have Betterment set up to automatically withdraw $500 in the first of every month. And I mean I'll know when it happens, but it's even better like – when I actually had a job and I was getting paid, you know, every 15th and 30th of the month, uh, I would have Allied Bank just automatically withdraw $50 from my account on that day. And I had it set up so what, where, like, the, the money would be direct deposited and that $50 would be taken out. So by the time I looked at my account, it was already negative $50. You know what I mean? So I right, never right. really saw it. I never – it just kind of – it was almost like if I was getting paid, you know, $2,000 every two weeks – I would only see, you know, $1,950. And look, that's how it should be. Why should you be bothering yourself with this? You think about it once, you set it up once, and then you just reap the rewards in the future. And you can do that with any investment account nowadays. Yeah, most of them will accept that, like automatic deposits, whatever. Like I'm a personal fan of Betterment, but Fidelity also supports it. So Yeah, and I know ShareBuilder does. And I know 401ks, obviously, um, mm. which then leads us to commandment number six, constantly contribute. Yeah. So, I mean, one thing, you know, it's really important just to be investing um, constantly. But uh, one one of the things is like the market goes up. The market goes down, you know, then there's these concerns that when you buy, like, is it the right time? Is it too expensive? Is it going to, you know, if you invest on a consistent basis over a long period of time, uh, the, the technical term, and, I, and it's in the uh, article and infographic, it's called dollar cost averaging. 
And basically what happens is you wind up mirroring the market. So when the market's up and you buy it, you know, great. And when the market's low and you buy it, great. And when it's in the middle and as it goes on month to month or week to week, however frequently you do it, you basically mirror the performance of the market. And since we know the market performs 7% conservatively on average, that's what you can expect. So it's not like you're timing it and you bought it at the peak in 2008 and then it goes down. You have to wait 10 years for it to fix itself. No, you've been buying all the way up. You've been buying all the way down and then all the way back up again. And so it's irrelevant. Hmm. Remove the timing from the equation. Like I said, we're not day traders. This is not our full-time job. Just let it, you know, work itself out. So the next one, and I like that because um, it just makes it's, it's it seems simple. And I was going to ask you about dividends. I was I was thinking about asking you about dividends because please. Well, so Betterment, since I just started and I'm kind of mm. learning it, it's not really hard to learn. It's like it's pretty easy. But it it like I got an email that said we oh we paid you di- dividends. Mm-hmm. So is that money that just gets paid to me and it's like mine and it's like it gets reused? Yeah. So um, Betterment will reinvest it for you mm-hmm. automatically. Um, if you did it on your own, you would have to decide if you wanted to be reinvested or not. And basically, a lot of these big, super profitable companies like GE or Johnson and Johnson or whatever. Um, a percentage of their profits get distributed to shareholders. So you get a check. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I didn't so know. You so get the it's gains. like interest. Yeah. I mean, you get the gains of the stock and they cut you a check. So it's like you kind of, you're making money the whole time you own the stock. And if it's growing, great, you know? Yeah. Last, uh, but certainly not least, Mm-mm. no, is actually a very recent episode that was a crowd Knocked favorite. it out of the park, yeah. Absolutely. It we was were a- both in there. We got the killer questions, and Travis more than delivered. Uh, Travis Sherry is who we're talking about, and he did. he came on and talked about travel hacking tips, and everyone liked it. And Travis is awesome. He has his own podcast. Uh, extrapackofpeanuts.com is his website. We'll be having him back on for Absolutely. a deep dive on miles. Absolutely. Mile uh, hacking. We'll, we'll, I'll play a clip from this, and then that's it. But listen, uh, go check out Travis Sherry. Really cool guy. Actually a local and uh, – Local Philian. Yeah, for sure. Not, not a local New Yorkian. Yeah, no, local New Yorker. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, here we go. How do you booze it up on a flight for cheap? Yeah, good question. Um, funny story. I actually don't really enjoy flying much, which, uh, of course, people come to my site and they see that I fly all over the world. Um, I, but I don't actually enjoy it. Like it's, I, I don't like being in the plane. I don't like the actual act of flying. I just enjoy getting to yeah, cool places me and traveling. Yeah, so I don't usually drink too much on plane. Maybe that's my problem. Maybe I should actually drink more. But when I was a kid, I, I'd always get sick on flights. So I was like... Now that I'm old enough to drink on planes and all, I, I kind of shirk that and say, well, I, you know, I don't want to add anything else into the mix here since I'm, you know, hopped up on Dramamine and stuff like that. <laughs> but 
if you do want to drink on a plane, there's a few ways. One, if you're flying internationally, um, most flights will give you free booze on on the flight. Um, wine, beer, uh, mixed drinks, really? stuff like Wh- that. Which, yeah. which ones are these? Now, th- your North American carriers, so like American Airlines, United, U.S. Airways, some routes they will give them to you, but most they won't. But if you're flying anyone else, like if you're flying Lufthansa, which is a German airline, or British Airways, or you're flying to Asia with any of the Asian airlines, which are way better than the North American airlines, um, yeah, free drinks galore. Oh, I mean, shit. I yeah. had a flight to Australia, and I thought it was just that airline that no, gave like no. free drinks. <laughs> no, um, yeah, most airlines do. Uh, for example, and Singapore Airlines is is one of my favorites. It's probably the best airline in the world. Like if you're in economy class, they kind of treat you like you're in business class, and business oh, is awesome. really awesome. And then first is you have like a suite and and like your own TV. Not that I've mm-hmm. ever flown up there, but. Um, but yeah, there they uh yeah I got the best Singapore sling I've ever had on that flight. I even went to the world famous Raffles Hotel where the Singapore sling originated, and it wasn't near as good as the one I had on the flight. Wow. So, yeah, that's one way, man. You you know if you're on a flight, you know, and just ask like, are you guys giving alcohol for free? I mean, they're gonna tell you either yes or no. Um, if they're not, uh, you know, there's another way, and I just found this out. I've never tried it myself, but when you go through you know, the TSA screening or whatever it is, you're allowed to bring, you know, they tell you three ounces of liquid. And mm-hmm. what no one thinks about is that three ounces of liquid can be any liquid, meaning alcohol. So those little mini uh, alcohol bottles you see when you oh, check out. Dude, if, yeah. if I went through with that, the security people would be like, this guy's a baller. Yeah. So, all his liquids are booze. Do yeah. You know, so, do you know that I own, that's how I, that's like the only liquids I carry are those little airplane bottles? Really? Yep. I get a giant Ziploc bag, the big court yep. ones or whatever, yep. however they let you. I fill that thing filled with scotch and whiskey. Yep. Oh, my God. I'm doing there that from go. Mexico. Yeah, like, you can reals. take it. So you can take, you know, in that court bag, like you said, that clear court Ziploc bag, you can usually fit eight, nine, ten of those little bottles more than enough, you know, for a flight, hopefully. Yeah, because uh, the toothpaste won't get me drunk. You know what right. I mean? I need <laughs> And I, you know, you, you hate flying. I, like, I get anxiety on a plane really bad. So I basically have to drink myself into a coma before I get on the plane and while I'm on the plane. So uh, when I fly, having those bottles, which sometimes I won't drink because I'll be so tanked I don't need it. But just holding the bottle in my hand, knowing that if I take that in as high altitude that I'm, at, that I'm in, I'll get drunk in like a second. Yeah. Yeah. So see, you already knew all this travel I, I hacking. Why I, am I even on this trip? <laughs> <laughs> I, knew th- I knew that trick, but I knew that trick because I went on a flight to – uh, I think it was Dallas and these two girls were sitting next to me and they, they just pulled out all these bottles. I'm like, how the hell did you get that on the plane? She goes, well, as long as they're, you know, under three ounces, you're fine. And I'm like, oh man, you just completely rocked my world. Yep. And they didn't offer me a bottle, which was kind of lame, but, and and they cost like two fifty each. Right. And if you buy them on the, on the plane, it's like seven bucks. Oh um, yeah. It's ridiculous. So the only other way is uh chat up the flight attendants. I I've had a few friends on long flights just say where they weren't giving out free, free alcohol. Um, my, my one buddy's like, I'm just going to go into the back and talk to the uh, flight attendants and try to get free wine. I'm like, okay. And he comes back with like five of those little bottles of wine and was like, yeah, they're really nice. They just, <laughs> you know, they get bored on long flights. Sure. Dude. They talk yeah. to each other all the time. So he just went back, chatted him up, talked with him and said, Hey, you guys have any wine that, that I can have? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Wine. So there's another tip. Pretty badass. Uh, most of those questions, Laura and I, napkin at a bar. Really? Yeah. 
Um, that was the first time Laura uh, helped collaborate on, on an interview. And, and there you go. And it worked out, didn't it? Yeah. So, look, guys, that's our our favorite six, according to us, our listeners. And uh, if there's more that you guys think were great, send us in. Send us in what you thought was the best episode, and maybe we can include it for the 200th episode, because we will get to 200 before the end of the year. I think the 200th episode should have 200 clips in it. Oh, it should be roughly 12 hours. Of it should just, just pure. Should, you know, we should just play the last 100 episodes in a row on one podcast. <laughs> be, the podcast will be like four days. And anyone who actually listens to the entirety of it gets like some award. There you go. It's like, <laughs> like eating an entire 72 ounce steak. You get your steak for free. But you probably shouldn't have done it. But you, yeah, no. Uh, but you should listen to all our episodes. But listen, hit this out. Uh, if you guys have your favorite episodes, you want to send them in for the next round, send them in, send us in questions, send us in what you think of the show. Uh, you know, our email address is listenmoneymatters at gmail.com and please leave a review. If you like the show, we've been doing this for a hundred episodes and now that we're doing a daily podcast, obviously number 200 is going to come much faster, Mm. right? And 300 will be fast as well and they'll just come They'll just they'll come faster, and we're gonna do this sort of thing. And tell me, tell us if you like this sort of thing. If you don't, you know that's fine, because uh, maybe you'll go back and listen to an episode that you really didn't, you didn't, you didn't go back and listen to, and you might find interesting. You know, so I think this is a good like best of kind of situation. So I I'm agree. not gonna do like a series of best ofs, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, every 100 I think is a good a little special treat. Little, yeah, a little special treat, uh, and get and we get to reflect on you know what we've done and and who we've talked to, which is great. What we talked about. And I just want to say uh, props to Matt for uh, cutting all the episodes up, doing the audio oh, work. Oh, you're quite welcome. It was my pleasure. You don't even know what clips I'm going to get. No, I don't. It's just but gonna, no, it's I'm, just not, I'm not even be, thanking you. It's going to be you blowing your nose on the, on the mic. <laughs> I'm not even thanking you for this episode. A hundred episodes went by, and we, we took us a lot of effort to be able to figure out how to make this work. Yeah, for uh-huh. sure. And I want to thank uh, people like Candace. Daniel, oh, Patrick, I thought you're gonna say me, Hirsch, you fucking asshole, <laughs> Andrew, Laura. Uh, there's, I, there's more that out there that I'm not naming. You know who you are. You know who you are. Yeah. Uh, can, uh, Grace for sure. There, like the people who are, you know, just uh, Jeff Moore. I mean, there's so many people who are just emailing us and telling us how how much they like the show, contributing Patrick. to the show. I said Patrick, yeah, oh. uh, contributing to the show. And and uh, helping us, uh, you know, actually come up with episode ideas and helping us come up with talking points and helping us get the episodes out into the public, uh, writing reviews. Everyone who's ever written a review. Uh, yeah, just I mean, you know, and just like encouraging us. Yeah. And like, you know. Yeah. I mean, look, what drives us to do this show and we did not think this was going to be the case when we first started, but is the listener feedback is the questions we, we started encouraging people to email in. Uh, to listen, money matters. The world at G- to us, dude. Like, yeah, we 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 encourage people to email in, and our, and we we mention our email address on every episode multiple times, and I'm going to do it again. Thing. Listen, money matters at gmail dot com because that is seriously what gets us out of bed in the morning. And we get yeah. I, when a new listener email comes in, I get excited, even though I'm not the guy who's answering them. That's you, Andrew's the one answering your emails. I'm the guy answering your tweets and your Facebook posts. Mm. So Although we, you do answer a rogue email or two, and I, I will do if, tweet. If it, 
if and it Facebook. involves me. Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing. I don't know as much as you know about finance. So when they come in with these hard questions, you do the research, you, you send back novel size emails, you write like crazy. And mm. I don't think I would be able to do that. I don't think I have the, uh, the stamina for that kind of writing and that kind Finger, of detail. Figure dexterity. Yeah. The figure dexterity that my arthritis really makes it <laughs> hard, but no, uh, Again, thank you everybody for for listening to the show, and we really appreciate it. And uh, the reviews are super important. And if you could, uh, and if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen. I'm sure there's an app out there that has reviews, and you can just leave a review on there, and that that helps us as well. And you know, uh, I want to say that if you do leave a review, send us an email that you left a review, and we will send you something. We are we are in the process of of starting to send, you know, things that are more physical as well as digital. And I want to read a review um, that from a guy. Uh, it's Des Tort from the United States. Love these guys. Five stars. Matt and Andrew have great chemistry. I started listening for the financial info, but have stayed because of their funny stories and dialogue. Sometimes you know more than they do, but who cares? Love that. Because... <laughs> He's right. Who cares? If he yeah. finds it entertaining and it keeps money, his mind on his money and his money on his mind because he's listening what, what? every day, what? Mm. then that's probably a, that's a good thing. It's not probably a yeah. good thing. That is a good thing. Be mindful of your money like Thomas Frank. Money mindfulness. There you go. Also a great episode. Also a great episode, yeah. And a good friend of the show. And a good friend of the show. Thomas. Why do we – I did not mention Thomas. Well, you know, you did, you just did, and he got his own section. There you actually. go. Sorry, Thomas, but yes. Collegeinfogeek.com. You're uh, welcome. Here's the thing. Send us uh, a check. Thank you, everyone, once again, and check out our website, listenmoneymatters.com. And uh, we love hanging out with you guys every single day, and we'll always and will continue to look forward to the next episode. The later, Andrew. Later, Matt.